live from the beautiful Von Carlstein Theater in downtown Sylvania. It's the first annual Underworld's Awards. I'm your co-host, Max Bernstein. What a great night. The stars are out, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Randall Slate. Hello. I'm glad to be here. All the nominees are here tonight, and they look great. Max, who are you wearing tonight? Oh, my tux is an Armani, and uh, you look um, great as well. Uh, who are you wearing? Well, I uh, I always like to look my best, as you know. I'm wearing the hide of a chimera that I killed after driving it from its cave within Beast Grave Mountain. And my war paint was done by my dear friend, Jagathra. Who's up for an award tonight? Speaking of high fashion, the Fire Slayers are here. I asked them all what type of suit they were wearing, and they said birthday. <laughs> the Wild Hunt is here tonight. They're up for a couple of awards. Don't get too wild, fellas. We're going to have to send Scathe to the glue factory. <laughs> I see Magor in the front row tonight, as always. I noticed no one's sitting with you. Are they on their way, or did you eat them? Speaking of fighters in the audience, Night Vault's hottest couple, Narvia and Turash, are here tonight. Who? Have a great time, guys. Try not to die before the first award. Well... Starting to smell like the dumpster behind a jack in the box, so I think Malog is in the building. <laughs> He's up for three awards tonight. Let's hope he can stay awake for all of them. I hope so too. Well, before he nods off, let's get to the first award of the evening. So, all of these awards that we're going to present were voted on by participating members of the Warhammer Underworlds online community. We'd like to remind you that all only official Underworlds product released in 2019 was eligible for these awards. Um, and our first award will go to the best looking overall war band. Those are the ones that come off the sprues and they look the best. So the nominees are the Godsworn Hunt, the Malog's Mob, Yulthari's Guardians, Thundrick's Profiteers, Grashnak's The Spoilers, Skate's Wild Hunt, the Grimwatch, and Rip Snarl Fangs. And the Undia goes to Ripa Snarl Fangs. All right, so what do you think about that, Randall? You, you, you painted a really good Ripa's, I gotta say. Yeah, I'm not surprised by this. I had a great time painting Ripa Snarl Fangs. I thought they were really fun. And, uh, you know, out of all the, I, I painted, <laughs> for me personally, the only ones I painted out of this whole list were Malog's Mob and Ripa Snarl Fangs. And I definitely had a great time painting the Ripa's, and I'm really not surprised that they um that they won here i think they have yeah. the combination of sort of uh you know comedy that a lot of people like with that the fact that they're you know little goblins but the the wolf models Sitting themselves on wolves, are really giant nice. wolves, yeah. yeah yeah the the wolf models themselves are really cool looking they're very they have a lot uh, of like yeah. motion in them I right think. right right yeah, which I can't say for some of these other groups, like uh, Fundrix Profiteers, they're all just seem to be standing around, basically. Um, you know, Nalog's Mob is not so great. There's only really one guy that's, like, worth, you know, painting. We'll get to that in the next one. Um, I thought Yulthari's Guardians, I tried painting them, and, and I found them to be really intricate and really delicate and, like, really, like, um, very interesting, a lot of great detail in them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree. I think Rip the Snarl Fangs is the group that's the most consistent through all of the, the fighters. Definitely. 
Yeah, right. they have a great like when you look at them, they have you know like a great sense of of motion, and there's a a uh, lot of story and character to all the models and rip and snarl things. Yeah, they also snap together pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda they didn't helps. have any yeah. crazy mold line issues like with um with the gits, mm. and uh, as long as you put them together properly, they don't have uh, any gaps. You got to be careful with the the pegs if you glue. So. Sounds great. I mean, yeah, if you haven't gotten them yet, definitely worth it. All right, ready to move on to the next uh, award? Yep. The next award goes to the best-looking individual model. Um, that's that's a single fighter uh, released in the past year. And the uh, the nominees are uh, Scaife from The Wild Hunt, Yilthari from the Yilthari's Guardians, uh, Draxkewer from the Thundrix Profiteers, Malog the Mighty from Malog's Mob, and Ripa Narkbad from the Ripa Snarl Fangs. And voted on you, the Underworlds community. The Undie for best looking individual model goes to Scaife from Skate's Wild Hunt. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think that there's much of a discussion here. I think Scaife is obviously the pinnacle of plastic molding that they've done for this game i mean it's it's such an amazing uh one it has it has it uh the first um oval base we haven't seen that um before that right, right. um and, and 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 just like the motion in in skate clearly like it just looks like uh like skate is like landing on his front hooves mm-hmm. and it's just it's amazing the way that they did that it's it's so well uh well crafted yeah, and this model kind of defines the whole theme of of the Beast Grave season. I'd say I remember back mm-hmm. in, when that uh, that video came out, uh, previewing it, where we couldn't really see yeah. any of the fighters. Yeah, the we, silhouette. Yeah, we got the silhouettes, yep. and then I remember everybody was talking about you know who's that centaur or guy riding a horse or whatever with the cool thorns. I mean horns, and um, yeah, that this just this model just defines the whole expansion so i'm not surprised to see that this that this one yep yeah no he's great um all right so you ready to move on to the next one yep okay the next award goes to the best individual fighter that is the model that came out in the last year that is the best at what they do and what they do is not really nice so here are the nominees we have malug the mighty scape Duke Crackmarrow, Bjorgen Thundrick, and Ripa Narkbad. And the undie goes to Malog the Mighty. Of course. As if there was as if there was any doubt. Who, who else were you gonna vote for here? Exactly. And you know what? Well, I mean, all the fighters got uh got voted for, but we're talking about this was definitely the category uh during the day and i'm just checking on the thing i'm pretty certain oh actually it's not it's 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 among the biggest runaways out of all of them it clearly has to be malag uh crack got got a little bit of love but but malag i mean just a seven wound fighter dealing ridiculous amounts of damage um being able to move and then attack or sorry charge twice basically I mean, you know, it just there's so much you can do with that one fighter. And basically the other three are just all Dangle Bar Supremes. Like if you're playing Molog, you're you're basically you're not playing Molog's mob. You're playing Molog. 
right right and that that's important to distinction to make because like i feel like and he's kind of the boogeyman of underworlds at this point um you every time you build a deck you know you you put the cards in there that you think you need then you play against malog and you say to yourself wow i really gotta <laughs> i really gotta change yeah. this deck so that it accommodates for you know if i if i play against malog so he is certainly the, at the is time the one individual yeah. fighter in the game that changes the game the most i feel like especially at the time of his release they've actually yeah. had to you know work on the banned and restricted list sorry the fart list I'm still going with fart list. They had to work on that list to to accommodate other war bands because Malog was just coming in and smashing. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's undeniable that that Malog is the best individual fighter from the last year. Okay, the next award goes uh, it goes to uh, the, the next couple are like you know kind of having fun. Um, we have the best favorite Dangle Bro. Uh, of course, the Dangle Bro is a term coined by the old Claim to si Claim the City uh, podcast. We thank him for that. Uh, we thank him for the service. And um, and so here are the the, the Dangle Bro Supremes that are up for this award. We have Grawl, Stalag Squig, Lucane, Jared Al G Gerard Allenson. It's Gerard, right? Gerard. Gerard. Gerard Allenson. And uh, Master Talon. And the Undie goes to, in a close one, it's Grawl. Wow. Who's the, he's the goodest dog. Yeah. I think he's a gooder dog than Ripa. Ripa's the a original sorry, sorry, goodest than, than, boy. Than Rip Tooth, I should say. He's the goodest boy. Grawl is, is, is like the, the huggable one. Like, I think it's good to have Rip Tooth on your squad as like a fighter, but you don't want to like hug him he's not a he's dangle, not a dangle bro, though, bro. yeah i know he's got like four wounds and he yeah. like hits hard but but grawl is like the definition yeah. of a dangle bro he's basically there to score calculated risk yeah. and martyred this is the original uh animal friend yes from um from on it that we ever saw in underworlds and we were wondering you know when when the when the godsworn hunt came out you know how how good is this good boy going to be? Turns out, not very good. Not good. Doesn't, no. doesn't really do anything. Not um, good. Yeah, and uh, basically, you know, I think between Grawl and Legane, the Warband would probably be uh, would be better off without them, to be honest. So. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they are kind of like targets. It's a free, yeah, free one glory yeah, for your build. opponent, basically. Yeah. yeah, they can't hold, they can't even hold an objective. Mm -hmm. You know, at and, least with the Chain Rasps, they can hold an objective. Right, and then the uh, I, the the other thing that I was surprised about the 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 stalag squig didn't win. I guess, uh, yeah, I yeah. kind of like. Stalag I guess squig. he kind of doesn't think... really do anything. Like you never really activate him or do much with him. Yeah. Um, he... and and he's not really that yeah. easy to kill either. So like it, I don't know. Nobody really attacks him. Everybody nah. goes for Grawl. Everybody goes for Grawl. Well, he's yeah. easier to kill. Right. Less, uh, less dice. All right, and now the next award, the one you've probably all been waiting for, and perhaps the most important one, best butt. This is the hard-hitting uh, journalism that we are known for. A um, couple of things, a couple of notes before we get started on this one. First of all, um, two people skipped this question. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You can't just... We're trying to do a serious I mean, survey here. On, you guys. can't answer the question. Come on, yeah, guys. Come on. 
you're, you're messing up our statistics over here. So also my, my favorite part about this, Randall, if I may, is the fact that when people were doing the survey and they're moving through them, they get to this question. And I just like imagine nearly a hundred people in the underworld community had to get up, walk away from their computer. Perhaps they had loved ones around them and they went and picked up five little plastic people, all shapes and sizes, and took a look at their butts. You know, serious, serious analysis. critical analysis. Of, wow. Yeah. They may have brought a magnifying glass, perhaps a jeweler's <laughs> loop. Get the lamp on from that lamp. Exactly. On the we have to make desk. sure. I'm just saying. I'm just saying this is really important. So the nominees for best butt of 2019. Uh, the first nominee is Murgoth from the Grashrax to Spoilers. We then, of course, have Jigathra from the Godsworn Hunt. Um, Skate Centaur Half mm -hmm. got a nomination from Skate's Wild Hunt. Uh, Malug the Mighty, of course. And uh, Stabbit's Wolf got a nomination. And uh, the Undie, this is a little on the nose, the Undie for Best Butt goes to Murgoth. Congratulations, Murgoth. Great job. It had to be um, Murgoth. I think it has to be Murgoth because of the ass chaps. Nice, round, supple cheeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. And they're just like bereft of hair. Yep. And just very prominent. Um, I was pulling for Jagathra because Jagathra is bay. And uh, I love that girl. And um, I I'm real sorry. But um, I mean, Murgoth just came with the heat this year. I, I think Jagathra had it until Beastgrave. Uh, landed. I think so. Uh, so congratulations, Murgoth. Well done. Um, way to bring home a little bit of hardware for your yeah. for your group. For your faction. Okay. All right. Uh, next one into the realm of reality for a minute. Um, we do have uh, the next uh, award is for best underworld themed journalism. Um, all of these guys are friends of ours. Uh, they've either been on the show or they're going to be on the show. So we love these guys. Um, and uh, here are the nominees for Best Underworld Theme Journalism. We have uh, the collegeshadespire.com website. Um, that's Stephen Vans. We have uh, Can You Roll a Crit? That's uh, JWR's, that's John Reese's thing. Um, and then we have uh, Steel City Underworlds, which is of course Michael Carlin's. Uh, the next nominee is Hexes and Warbands, and that's Amon Kusro. And then lastly, we have Cataphrane Relic, and that's Jamie Giblin. And the undie goes to John Reeves, canyourrollacrit.com. All right. John Reeves, come up here and accept your award, please. Man, yeah, seriously. Call in, man. Now he's busy. He's, he's, at a, he's at a grand clash right now. That guy's right got to pay attention. Um, I love all these. I read all these. You too, right? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Um, I, I, I love, they, they all have their own like flavor. Call it Shadespire, of course, is, is great because they go through individual cards. And uh, Stephen Van talks about like, you know, exactly like the math on things and whether cards are worth using or not. Um, you know, John Rees and, uh, and, and Amon, they get all those like, um, you know, early looks at all of the, 
expansions and they're really great for that. And um, I, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, you know, Steel City Underworlds, they just came out now and they have a, they have a new um, podcast as well. If you guys want to go and check them out too, it's called uh, Chasing Crits or Chatting Crits. Chatting Crits. Chatting Crits. Chatting crits. There you go. It's on. It's on Podbean or something. Mm-hmm. You can go for, look for it. Um, it's a new one. And of course, uh, Jamie Giblin. Always good stuff there with Catherine Relic. He's been working on God Tier a lot lately, though. Right. That's the game yeah. he's been working on. Yeah. Exactly. All right. But I mean, like, we love those guys. But uh, JWR co- goes home with the with the undie. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I understand that. You know, uh, the Can You Roll a Crit blog usually has the analysis of the Warband uh, a little early. And it also goes over, you know, the cards as well as the the warband itself. So it's a nice uh, multifaceted review of, um, you know, how, he talks about like how the models look and how you could paint them and stuff like that. So it's just a it's a good read usually when he puts an article out. Yep. He thinks way too many of the cards are like. Yeah, I feel like sometimes he thinks too many of the cards are good. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. Well, you know, with, yeah, a lot of times, yeah, you know, we don't, we, when you, you don't do the them. early reviews, you don't have time to, know, you know, play with them. Yeah. Try them out. Yeah. You don't have time to play a hundred games with them. So sometimes they, they can be hit or miss, but you know, sure. all the, all the, all the cards that he looks at are usually worth uh, experimenting with. So. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, let's go on to the next one. The next award is for best underworlds online resource. And this is given for things online that are not necessarily uh, articles, that are things to help you get the game together and uh, and look at uh, and look at data and look at what's going on in the community. And then these are the nominees. We have uh, Well of Power, UnderworldsDB.com, uh, YAUWDB, which is yet another UnderworldsDeckBuilder.com. Underworldsdeckers.com, and of course the Warhammer community page. And the winner for best Underworlds online resource in a squeaker is UnderworldsDB.com. Congratulations! Uh, beat Well of Power by only a couple of votes. Uh, really close race. Uh, so congratulations, UnderworldsDB.com. Uh, that is the one that I typically use to to build my my decks. Um, the only issue is that it's kind of hard to put them on Vassal. I play a lot of Vassal. Yeah. So you know what I do is that I build them on underworldsdb.com and then I export them to yet another underworlds deck builder and then they have a better functioning. Right. But I like the interface of underworldsdb better. Yeah. So that's just kind of how I do that. But of course I, I go on well of power to like check all the, uh, you know, all like the meta stats and stuff. So, I mean, they're all good. Yeah. They're yeah. all they're all great. I like Underworlds DB for building my decks. I like the the filters they have. Yep. Um, and I also like to go on there because they have the uh, whatever the the latest tournament. Uh, yeah, decks latest are. tournament decks. Yeah. yeah. They usually put those up there pretty fast. Yep. And they have the sources. And then the other thing I like about them is I I really like that um, auto magic deck builder thing. Oh yeah, that's. Fun. I like to recommend that to people. Especially newer players, right? Because what a lot of people, you know, if you have a, if you're a newer player and you only have like maybe the core set and maybe one or two expansions, you can just plug in, you know, which which cards you have access to, and then it'll build a deck, and it, which right. is a good starting point. You know, uh, the the 
you might want to, you know, add in certain cards that are effective in your meta. Or if you think that you can put in, you know, the, the auto magic deck builder won't put in a lot of those like risky objectives in there, like mm. maybe like dug in or something like that. And if you feel like you want to use those, then you can um, you can su- supplement those in there. Um, but I like to recommend that to, to new players. And it just gives you a good starting point on building your own deck because you, you don't have to worry about, you know, about like about 15 of the cards. It, it picks them for you. And then you can just add in five or six cards that you feel are are good. Maybe ones that yeah. you like playing with or ones that you feel are effective against the people you play against. I mean, it's the one that I use. I'm, I, I would also like to recommend Well of Power, of course, because they just, if you really want to start doing your, your research on this game, it's really great, um, really valuable resource. Yeah, if you want to go from being a, a whatever you need if to you want to go from being like a casual fan of Underworlds to being like a serious player and trying to actually win a tournament, Well of Power is where you need to go. That's, yeah, that's your hub to other things. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, just speaking of the other two, the, the, the Underworlds Deckers, I, I I do appreciate that one. I like how they they um when you when you hit like share your deck, it gives you like this nice presentation with all the cards yep. um to, to share to your friends. And then they also have a uh like a tournament organizer function mm. too. Um which is kinda a little bit difficult to get rolling, but once you do it it's pretty nice. The next award goes to the best decision made by GW concerning Underworlds in the past year. And the nominees are releasing Dreadfane, rotating out season one cards, new organized play formats, grand skirmishes, and the staggered expansion pack release dates. And the undie goes to the rotating out of season one cards. Mm. And let me tell you something. This was not close. I, I put this into both uh, the best and the worst decision because I noticed that some people were really complaining about it and some people were really loved it. And then it turns out that like people really loved that they got rotated out. I mean, it, it's it's more than half the vote. Right. I think, I think yeah. Yeah, That's... no, go ahead. It's interesting because you know, yeah, there are there were some people. Anytime you rotate out cards, anytime you make such a drastic change to the game, you're going to have people on on both sides making their argument. But um, in this game specifically, I think that the rotating the season one cards um, gave the the whole game just a, a a new gave everybody a new perspective on the game. Um, having to build a deck without those staple cards, like you know, like escalation or something like that. Um, you had to be a lot more creative <laughs> right. uh, when you make your deck. They're still useful, but you just have to have it be in, in relic format, which I think was a smart thing to do. We were talking about this on the program where we were talking about how like Magic and um, and you know X-Wing even are other games where things got rotated out, but then they still have like formats to deal with those things so that you don't have to like just throw away all your cards. Um, and but uh but I think that this was like the best thing that they could have done because all those season one universals were like entirely too strong. Yeah. Um, I don't think they were expecting it to go this far or something. I don't know, but they were just like really strong cards. And I think that they've done a better job with the universals in, in, in the next two seasons, um, especially in the beast grave where they're really trying to tone it down. Um, and, and I think that that was a smart thing to do. And also it, it allows the faction specific cards to become a little bit more relevant and they have been making those a little bit better. 
And I, I like that switch because it makes the warbands have a little bit more flavor. And also it makes all the decks much more, uh, have, have more uh, variation, which I like. Yep. More diversity. So it's more interesting this way. Definitely. Yeah. I, I am surprised that this was the number one thing though. Uh, yeah, by a large margin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 60, 60% of the vote. Uh, organized, the new organized play formats and staggered expansion release dates came in with like 17% of the vote. Mm. Wasn't, even, wasn't even close. All right, and now we're going to go to the worst decision made by GW concerning Underworlds. And the nominees are releasing the gift pack. AKA Rebound Rebounded. Rotating out the season one cards. Not really playtesting Molog or Grimwatch enough. Dreadfane only initially released in the US and Germany. And then the last nominee, putting Master's Invite Codes into the OP kits. And the Undie goes to the Soiled Undie goes to releasing the gift pack aka rebound rebounded the friggin gift pack oh my god you already know how i feel about that wow yeah that was uh so so the so the gift this pack, is the worst not, decision ever made so by bad. Games hold on a second hold on a second hold on i just want to back up because I, I i really poo-pooed on the gift pack when i talked about it with that in that carlin episode all right, so here's a couple things, a little, a couple of updates. All right, um, the playmat's actually not that bad. I thought the little playmat was going to be terrible. It was going to be made out of like flimsy cardboard, and I was like thinking, eh, it should be like neoprene because if we're paying that much, I still don't like that it was that much money. I really think that like thirty-seven dollars, like, was still way too much for what we got. But, but that, the, okay, so the, the playmat, I have been using it. It's nice. It works. It's great. The, the little poker chip things are fine. I use them. I don't really need to, but I do. Okay. The, the cards were junk. Yeah. I mean, really. Like, like they were, I don't really see anybody playing Guardian Glaive, which the is like cards. the one thing. Yeah, that was like the one thing that I thought, like, of the new cards that I thought people were using. What people are really using over again is Distraction. Um, Mischievous Spirits has come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a bad experience with daylight mm-hmm. robbery. I've lost. So. I've lost uh, two tournaments. You lost to, to that. I've, yeah. I've lost two of my recent, the most recent tournaments I've went to. I've lost two of them to mischievous spirits. All right. So I mean, those are good. Like, and and I think that some of those cards were good to bring back. Fine, but man, that was way too expensive for what it was. I mean, if it was ten dollars less, I would say fine. Yeah. I'm gonna buy it anyway. Don't worry about it. I did. It's fine. Just saying. Um, but if you already have a playmat, like you don't really need it. And if you already have those other cards like distraction and mischievous spirits and yeah, whatever else is in there. So it's uh, spectral wings is good that that's back. And, you know, if you're using, you know, the tax supremacy is fine, but, um, but you could just use your old S ones, you know? Yeah. So if you don't have those, then maybe you get the gift pack so that those cards are available to you. But Otherwise, I mean, yeesh, they could have found a more elegant way to do that. Yeah, in the end, I think we we think that it didn't offer good value for the money. And that's, you know, you end up pissing a lot of customers off if you do it yeah. that way. Um, and then the second part was that it, it contained new cards. And even though they weren't, you know, that great, um, they were, 
you know, a lot of people felt like, well, you know, I have to buy these because this is like a, a seasonal, like a holiday thing. So, you know, a lot of people felt compelled to to buy that because they want to have their collections complete. I guess. And it was a holiday yeah. theme? Okay. okay. Or is it a holiday gift pack? It was. I, I guess don't, so. I don't think you'll no, be able to buy this. holiday about it. Yeah. Right. I don't think it's going to come out again. I mean, right. that might be like a one-time thing. Um, um, and what I think they, I think the way that they should have done this was either make it cheaper or make the little dashboard thing nicer. And then just put universals that are from season two that are in, you know, some of the war bands that are hard to, harder to find now, like, um, you know, maybe the, the, the night vault core set or the, um, echoes of glory. The early ones. Yeah. Echoes of glory. So put, put universals that are popular in there. So that people who don't have to buy all the different expansions, there's just a few of them, and don't put any new cards in there. We could have well, had alternate probably... art, yeah. That you could have put, you know, alternate art for cards that already exist. It's kind of that bad way for it the bottom feel, line. Yeah, that way I, it wouldn't I, feel that like I you had to buy it. Yeah, yeah. But you got um, a little nice reward if you if you like to bling out your deck. Sure. Um, uh, rotating season one cards out. We only had three people say that that was the worst thing that happened. Oh wow. So uh, there you go. Um, I, I, you know, play not play testing Moloch or Grimwatch was bad at the time, but they were able to adjust afterwards. Yeah. With the, you know with the fart list, so I think we're okay there. Um, the the Dreadfane thing. I mean, I have a Barnes and Noble down the street from my house, so I mean that's no big deal for me. But I can understand if you didn't live in the U.S. or Germany, that might be really annoying. You had to wait until the very end of the year for. Uh, for the, the those two war bands, uh, the Banshees and the Condemners, to be released, um, I, I I really would like to say uh, I, I really hate the idea of putting the the invite codes into the OP kits because first of all, most of the kits don't have the OP code. Yeah, they in don't it. even have it in there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they don't even have the inventory. They have the, the Masters invite code. They're like not even in there, and you have to like call up GW and have them send you one. So that got muffed. And then I just don't like the idea of having you know glass tournaments be the entry to the masters because then it encourages curb stomping, you know, noobs right. and going to, you know, and just like, you know, running up glory and like making people have a bad play experience. So I don't really like the, like they're supposed to be competitive. I get that. But I mean, it also discourages more, you know, seasoned players like myself. Like I want to go in and I want to play with like funny things. Yeah. This happens a lot in other games yeah, now too when they, when they have, when you have so much reward on the line, a lot of times you have people like from out of town come in, drive up, and just smash everybody, take the gift the, or the the code, and then they never come back to that store. Right. You know exactly. It's like um, so. I, like I, I I I don't like the fact that they did it like this. I think you know, and and you think about it, you know, if you're going to go to a little glass tournament with your friends, try to you know help develop the game in your area. You know, you might bring something that you know is easier for the newer or up and coming players to, to deal with. But if you know that there's that code to the world championship on the line, you're right. going to bring your best thing right. and you're going to stomp everyone and people aren't going to come back. So it's, yeah. So, so far the one time that I brought, um, that I went to, sorry, I've been to like about four or five tournaments so far since Beast Grave drop where, where, uh, where that might be the thing. And <laughs> I won the two where you don't, where there was no code on the line because it's yeah. like an old trophy from like an earlier season. And then the ones where there's the code is not available except for the last one. Like I brought stuff that I, that was like jank. I, I brought, um, 
you know, I brought the Iron Skulls boys, right? I brought mm-hmm. the Orcs once and I lost in the, in the finals. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I didn't get the thing there. And then uh, the other one was the one that we went to where I was play testing the, the Wild Hunt uh, that you won. Uh, so you have one. You better get you better get picked there, Randall. No, that wasn't um, the one. The one that the one uh-huh. that where the code was up was where you brought the that was in tabletop shop. That one? Yeah, that one. Oh, the right, other one, the one where you brought the antics. wild hunt was a nightball one. But it, right, whatever, right, semantics. Right. Semantics. Anyway, but the point is is that like, well, first of all, not everybody's using, you know, the the boxes, right? So it's kind of hard to tell. But then like it, it discourages you from bringing fun stuff like you feel like you always have to bring top tier um you know uh war bands and you know i just don't want to do that all the time and now for the main event of the evening the final award the best battle for salvation underworlds podcast episode as voted by you the underworlds community and the nominees are episode seven the bryce awakens Episode 10, How to Win with Godsworn Hunt. Episode 17, All I Do is Win. Episode 19, the spoiler alert, they're pretty good. Episode 22, Ghouls, Ghouls, Ghouls. And the undie goes to... Episode 22, Ghouls, Ghouls, Ghouls with Michael Carlin. Congratulations. Yeah, that was a good one. That was right after his uh, Grand Clash win with them, right after they came out. Yeah, well, that's why we got him back. Yeah. I mean, who better to talk about it, right? Yeah, really cool episode. Um, you know, the, God's, or, uh, the Grimwatch were really hype when they came out. Everyone was kind of losing their mind. How are we going to deal with these guys? And uh, they proved that they had, um, that they were definitely competitive, viable, and... Michael Carlin did a great job. Uh, that the, a lot of those games were on stream too. We were able to watch a couple of them, and they were really exciting. Uh, nice one against Phil Kelly, who's a really good Thorns player. So, mm-hmm. really exciting to watch. I'm glad we were able to to get him on for uh, that episode and for him to share his perspective on the game with with you guys. We had a lot Absolutely. of fun with him. I, I love talking to Carlin. He's he's a great guy to talk to. Um, he really does. He's really is like a student of the game. He he plays a lot. He play tests a lot. And, um, he's he's really great. I mean, he's, he's a grand clash winner. He won a giant grand clash, so it's worth having him on. Um, I I just want to want to just go over a couple of other episodes that were nominated. You know, the Bryce Awakens. That episode was really great because that was the first time that we had talked to somebody who wasn't like our immediate friend. Like yes. we, we found somebody who lived in a different country. And we had a we you know we had to like you know, get schedules right. He came on. It was really great to talk to him. Um, that was way back in January. Um, you know uh, we and then you know we got Jamie Giblin, who was our first uh, you know journalist kind of person who was on the show. It was really great talking to him. He was a lot of fun. He he used the word juicy a lot, and uh, and I like it. I mean I, I find that I find that to be a, a particularly helpful term when describing cards and fighters mm-hmm. um the, the the john winry's interview i thought was really great that was a tough episode to do because uh what happened there i was like in italy or something <laughs> like we did the episode we did the uh the interview and then 
And then I went to Italy, so I wasn't like around for that. And you like did the whole thing on your own, which is yeah. pretty cool. So we had to like do that. But but the but the interview is great because you know John Reese is so um, he's so accomplished, and you know just it was great to be able to like pop the hood on, on his thinking and, and get in there. And then of course I think the most certainly I'm I'm going to say the most fun episode I've had so far was definitely uh, Derek Truckware coming on for the spoiler alert. Um, it's our most downloaded. Uh, episode by by a, a pretty strong margin um it may actually crack a thousand soon uh it's almost there um and, and speaking of crack um you know just just him with the beers in the background the entire time the fact that he got slowly less coherent as the mm-hmm. whole thing went on it was just so much fun to have him on and uh you know we, we were still in contact we're playing on vassal sometimes it's pretty great but what about you what about you randall what were your favorite episodes this year uh, I think mine's got to be the the episode seven Bryce awakens because I feel like that one really put us on the map in terms of you know getting downloads and having people take us seriously. Uh, like you said, that was the first uh, guest we had seriously? that wasn't our friend. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I thought time. it was really you know exciting and 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 cool that we had him agree to to be on the podcast. And yeah. you know, we were just like I remember me and you were just sitting around and we were like, Oh man, this guy won the Grand Clash. Let's let's send him an email or whatever. And, and then responded. he came back and said, We'll we'll do it. And then that kind of gave us the the confidence moving forward to reach out to these other people in the community and all of them were all really supportive and came on and you know came on and did like, you know, two hour plus episodes with us. So Yeah, and for real, we appreciate anybody who, who just, you know, we ask them to be on and, and they do it. That's like, you know, time out of their, you know, busy lives and, and just to come here and help us with content for, for all of you guys who are listening. Um, and yeah, and also we, you know, we appreciate all of you listening to the, to the podcast with regularity or, or not with regularity. It's fine. If you, if you hit click uh, play and you listen to us for even a minute, we thank you very much for, uh, for doing so. We're going to, keep going in the new year and the new season and um, we're looking forward to it. Randall, any, any closing thoughts? Nope. So we got it. All right. Your key to salvation today is sometimes mix up your podcast format. Yeah. Yeah. It just gives, shake things up a little bit. Have sure. some fun. Don't it's a take game. yourself too seriously. It's a game. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, did we do it? Yeah, we did it. We did it. All right. So I'm. So for uh, Battle for Salvation, that's the name of our thing. For Battle for Salvation Underworlds podcast, I'm Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate. I hope you enjoyed this different style episode. Let us know what you think. Um, we're always receptive to uh, feedback. Sure. And hope you had a good time. Yeah. And see you all next time.